0: Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining today. My guest is Holden Zelma. He is an entrepreneur. He's not a real estate guy, but as you might have noticed, I'm talking to more entrepreneurs maybe outside the real estate space. Um he built a company called Metatouch. They're they're in uh, in the West Coast near Los Angeles, but they're basically got a whole program around pain management and stuff like that. So we get into a lot of detail on that. But I think the big takeaway is he's a seasoned entrepreneur that built something from scratch. and that's that's who I like to talk to on this show is people that have bet on themselves, gone out and built something. And it's never up and to the right. It's a journey of, you know, all kinds of ups and downs. That's the entrepreneurial roller coaster that we've that we signed up for. So he's got a great story. We talk about how he started out, um, why he wanted to be an entrepreneur and get away from working for somebody, some of the things that drove the business initially. And then we talk a whole lot about tactical stuff and hiring and managing teams and marketing and social media. Um, some of the things that have, you know, that he would go back and do differently. So I like to hear from seasoned entrepreneurs and learn how they're seeing things now with the benefit of hindsight and what they would what they would change and what they have changed and how they're doing things. So just a great entrepreneurial conversation. Um, super super nice guy, knowledgeable guy, and was was very generous with his time and his insight. So I think you enjoy that. If you're enjoying the DJE podcast, five star review on Apple helps us a ton. Takes two seconds. So appreciate that. We're going to have a word from our sponsors and then we'll get into the episode with Holden. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE has been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode's also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Holden, it's great to have you on the show. Appreciate you joining. How are you,
1: man? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Deb.
0: Yeah, I look forward to, to diving in to your, your journey here and talk about some, some entrepreneurial stuff, but I'm always really curious to see... And talk to people that have that have made that leap and are out there doing. I think a lot of people may be listening, think about it, or are planning for it, and that's great. I'm a huge um, champion for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, but uh, it's it's something else to have gone out and actually done it and risked and, and built something. So that's why we're talking, and I want to dig into your story. But but how about some background? We we're talking a little bit in the green room before about kind of your path, but for the for the audience here. What's your background and what is your journey to to having your own company? Uh, what did that look like for you?
1: Well, I think it had to be a little bit of psychosis to tell you the truth. I because agree with that. Who wants, who wants to start a business has to be a little crazy. So I, I, I fit fit right into that. Yep. Um, I took a, a very roundabout way on how I started everything because I... <laughs> I started school and, and as everybody else, I got into USD and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What what major am I going to do? Maybe I'll go into psychology. I'll, I'll help head train people. Quickly learned that more of my classmates needed a lot more help than they could give and that scared the crap out of me a little bit. So I'm like, maybe this isn't the route. Uh, so, so I always was good with my hands and, and wanted to, to somehow help people. I wanted to contribute to society. So, I thought physical therapy would be a, a, a cool genre. And, and you know, when you were in high school, they're like, oh, the up and coming careers, you're going to make 80,000, you are make 60 grand doing this job. Well, PT, great, 60 grand when you're 17, 18, sounds a lot. Right. Uh, so, I, I started that program, which was pretty much, I was double majoring in, in psychology and uh, PT, which was like pre med. Uh, during that time, I was talking to a buddy of mine and I said, well, here's the thing. I'm going into this profession. I, I don't know anything about it. Where am I going to get some experience? Because I don't want to wait four years and then say, oh, well, let's see what it is. So my buddy's like, you know, go down to the training room. Uh, I, well, what's the training room? It's where all the athletes get uh, their stuff taken care of and, and when they're hurt and things, and, and you'll learn a lot of it there. And they do internships. I'm like, awesome. So I go to the, the the room, find the guy that's running it. And I say, here, you do internships. Can I have one? He's like, um, we don't have any openings right now. I said, "Well, when will you?" He's like, "I don't know." I said, "Okay, I'll come back." I came back every day for three months. <laughs> yeah. I annoyed the crap out of the guy. Same guy. You've
0: seen the same guy. Same now. guy. Awesome. I think
1: he hired me so he'd see me last.
0: I believe it. Yeah,
1: I love it, but it worked, right? It, <laughs> it worked. Out. Yeah. So I got I got a job in the room, and we were surrounded by everything from orthopedics to chiropractors, to PTs, to personal trainers, to athletic trainers, the neurosurgeon, anything you could imagine medically wise ran through that room. Right. You had two options. You could kind of sponge off of um, the doctors and learn as much as you could, or you could kiss their ass and get a letter wreck to go to med school. And that's what 90% of the guys in there were doing. Mm-hmm. I was a sponger. I didn't really want to go to med school. I wanted to see what I could learn. So every time they do something like, how do you do that? What are you doing? I, I found I was really annoying but that annoyance allowed me to, to get as much information as I possibly could. And then what it turned out to be is the normal trainer there would see probably four or five kids a day. I'd see 30 because they'd all come to me because I do stuff that nobody else was doing so that they get better. wouldn't get cut open or get shot up for, for with drugs and stuff. So went to apply for the PT program and they pretty much said, you know, you, you need enough, uh, volunteer hours to, to get into the program. I said, great, I have them." They said, oh, but those are the wrong ones. You need hospital stuff. So go work for free for another year. And at that mm-hmm. point I'm like, nah, this sounds like a really bad idea. And, uh, I'm going to go the entrepreneur route. So massage was kind of the lowest buried entry to, to get into that, but, uh, quickly learned that I needed, some sort of way to, to make money because most massage therapists when I started, this was this is early 90s, were working at 15 different places for 15 bucks an hour. Oh yeah. Running all over the place. Barely functioning. And it, and it was part of the culture. And none of them was no none of them were really fixing anything. Mm. So I I learned first just with my tenacity, I found everyone that was every business owner in my area and I took them all out to lunch. And I said, Well, what do you do? How does it work? What do you, you know, what what's the positives, what's the negatives? And I gotta read really- You're just talking cool.
0: in general, like, hey, you own a business. T- t- exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm really curious about this business. Cool. Yeah, can I take you to lunch and hear your story? One thing about entrepreneurs and business owners, they love to talk about themselves. Yeah, imagine. So, that. It, so if you get <laughs> if you get in front of somebody and you buy them lunch, they will tell you your whole story and they will give away all the trade secrets without them knowing that that's what they just <laughs> did. Were these guys in
0: the in the business or are they, these yeah. are like? Okay. Gotcha. These yes. were
1: spa owners. These yeah. were uh, rehab places. These were PTs. I would, I would go to every single one of them that I thought had some, some type of benefit to what I wanted to do, or it was a genre that I was looking into. Yeah. I'd, I'd call them out of the blue. I'd cold call. I'd never done cold calls before in my life. And I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. It's, it's a fun part when you, you're not married, you don't have kids, you have no responsibilities. You're, you're, your total, you know, nut is next to nothing. I'm living at my folks house and I'm like, all right, well, what do I have to lose? Exactly. The worst they're going to say no. Yep. So what I did is I found that I didn't like the spa world at all because I'm like, I'm going to do this, but it's very economy based. When the economy is doing really good, people pamper themselves. Yep. When the economy is really crappy, that's the last thing that goes. Yep. But pain never goes away. Interesting. Because if you're in pain, you will find whatever resource you have to get out of that pain. It doesn't matter if you have money, you will put it on a credit card. You will travel to Mexico. You'll do whatever it takes to to get better. So I said, maybe that's the route I should go. But I'm like, what else is there that we can make something bigger out of it? And uh, I read some articles saying corporate was the new thing to do. They made these new massage chairs. They They were portable. It was only 100 pounds each. Like, this is this is a very heavy portable thing yeah uh and there's a business district near me called century city and uh i parked and i, I put a polo on i was a, a skinny kid with a big jewish fro and uh my my waist started somewhere around my nipples and had no muscle on me whatsoever and i was like all right let's see how this goes parked realized i needed 30 bucks to get out of the parking lot. And then uh, realized I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have the thirty bucks, so I was worried about it. I'm like, "This is going to be an interesting day." Yeah. And the, the first building I had uh, had seventy floors, and this is pre nine eleven, so you could actually walk into a place. I knocked on seventy floors worth of doors. Yeah, and buddy. I figured out a pitch yep. to the HR person, and I flirted my ass off. And I said, hey, can I talk to the the, the office manager? Well, why? I want to give her a free massage. She's like, what? I said, just go get her. It's fine. And she'd come. I said, "You know, let me work on you. If you like it, keep me. You don't, kick me out. Worst comes to where she got a free massage. And the pitch. At, the, at the end of the day, I had Deloitte & Touche, Lifetime TV, USA Networks, so a law firm. And I got parking validation as, as a client. Nice. And I built the company. And within two years, we had... 35 employees and we we're seeing about a thousand people a week
0: that's doing um, that same model just showing same up a
1: model yeah and, all and it, on, it, on their on site for them a lo- all on-site so we'd bring we'd bring a team out to each office it originally was like oh you know a, a buck a minute and the individuals would pay for it then I said you know we're not making enough money or there's a lot of time being lost and the dot-com boom had just happened so we're we're going up against all these companies that are looking for ways to attract better employees because the pool of employees was less than the number of jobs out right, there. Right. So we were a perk and I'd say, Hey, you know, we're going to lower your workers comp. We're going to increase morale. We're going to be a nice thing that you can put on the, the, the benefits list. Yeah. And we're like bartenders. We hear everything. So we're going to give you the pulse of what's happening within your company.
0: Now every- that's a really cool insight. Like as a business owner, all the other stuff you said, I'm like, sounds neat. That mm. is really cool. I bet ears perked up. I'm yeah, gonna guess like
1: ears it. perked up. Exactly because you you don't hear the HR only hears the bad shit. They yep. they only hear the stuff when somebody complains. Yep. I get to hear what's actually happening, and I I leave as much anonymity to the the employees as possible. But I was doing a report every week, or my one of my team was going to them, the CEO, and saying, "All right, so this is what's working. This is what's not." And we, we that was a valuable you oh, know, yeah, value add to really the really
0: fascinating. I mean, it, it's mind-boggling for me. We've got eighty something employees at this point, and mm-hmm. I'm the last to know anything. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just that's how it goes for the role. And um that's that's fine. That's what we signed up for, but it's an interesting dynamic. That's a that's a fascinating, I guess you know, value proposition point for you to, to bring to these guys that I wouldn't have considered. Interesting. Okay, so you're giving them something kind of on a weekly basis or?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, was, it was like undercover boss, but without right. them having to go undercover yeah. because we were there. Yeah. Uh, so we did that for many years and then the dot coms kind of crashed and we had to, to, to shift. So I, I always say that I change the business probably every two years because right. the economy changes, the dynamic changes, and if we don't adapt, you die yeah and uh we did everything from Groupon when that first came out and we had 900 new clients in t- uh, 3 hours once and <laughs> That's insane. Uh, but with a uh, because Groupon took 50% of what we did and then we were supposed to discount 50% so you're <laughs> left with such a tiny margin we're like we were making a dollar 50 per session if that and we we're actually wow. in the hole and the therapist I had didn't know how to retain, didn't have to know how to do anything. So I almost went completely bankrupt. From yeah. We were overwhelmed with all these things we had to fulfill. Uh, and then went through that whole thing, fired everybody, hired a new staff, retrained everybody, and then did it again. With Groupon this, again. With Groupon. And then yeah. we had a different value proposition. We said, okay, you, you spent like 59 bucks for for a session. When you come in, if you... Agree to buy your next one. I'll give it to you at the same price. But that one, I got to keep everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went from man, having
1: on. exactly yep. we went from having a two percent retention rate to a seventy nine percent retention rate. Love it, and that fed us for a couple of years, and, and we were good. So it's it's had so many different iterations, but it's it's staff is is always hard because you're dealing with demographics that that don't know how to sell. They don't know how to build rapport. They're either, they're, their zone of genius is very narrow. Right. So they're either good with their hands or they're good at talking, but they're rarely both. And yep. that was the hard thing. It's like, how do you train these people not to just be, to be multi-dimensional? And that's, that was, that's been the challenge over the years, but it's like, you're getting better at it every year. And then somebody throws you a curveball. So
0: So, so being, you know, f- training people to be mm-hmm. multidimensional. Has it been your experience that you're able to bring somebody into that? Or are you, is it kind of a nature versus nurtured? Is it just this, this person's got it and you can, you can, you can fine tune it. Or is it like, Hey, a lot of these folks that just don't have it, never going to have it. What's kind of been your experience with that?
1: I th- I think Lubin had a, a, a podcast with the guy from uh, Priceline, I think, and he said he hires mm-hmm. for culture, not for resume. Yep. And I, I I really resonated with that because the the people we hire, I can train technique. I can't train personality. Yep. If you're an asshole, you're going to be an asshole. Yep. If you are so introverted, you don't, you're too scared to talk to people. I'm not going to be able to train that out of you. But if you have passion and your energy is good and you You walk into a room and instantly I feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. That's the person. And it's not just a verbal thing. It's like, do you make me feel comfortable around me? Because it's such a personal business that you're you're selling the company, but you're also selling that person. So if that person makes you feel icky, no matter what they do, you're not going to get them to come back.
0: Yeah, it's like all nonverbal, which is impossible to quantify.
1: Right. I I got a good gut feeling here. Exactly. You're like, how do you, how do I put that in the SOP? (laughs) If you feel icky, run. (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) not that good. But yeah, yeah, that's, it's, that's always the challenge is finding people that are, are, are just at the core, what you need in the company. And will they bring that energy, not only to the clients, but to the staff and the culture and everything else? Where Are they going to contribute to it? Or are they going to just be a life suck? I've, I've had employees that were so toxic that destroyed the whole company. Wow. We'd go bankrupt because one person created such a virus within that, that community that I had to fire everyone and start over. And it, it's, it's weird. Employees, you you want to value them. You want them to, to feel like they're important. But in the grand scheme of things, you're the only one that has to stay. And right. they're all expendable. And it's a it's a sad way to say it. But if you don't keep that in the back of your head, you will be railroaded and yeah. your, your entire staff will take over and you will have no control over anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The buck stops with you. That's the point of being the business owner and you got to exercise that sometimes for sure. I, I want to dive into something, Holden here, just a little bit, you know, kind of a theme for you when you're, when you were working with the doctors and getting in way more time with them than your counterparts, when you're going and cold calling and and visiting 70 floors, you know, what was driving you? Was there a, a, an experience Earlier in life, was there a, a mentor? Was there I talk about kind of pain being a big driver a lot of a lot of times for for growth? Was it just, hey, you wanted to make money and have a lifestyle? But you know, these are extraordinary actions that that have led to these results. And we see that as kind of a common, a common thread among entrepreneurs. But this, you know, hey, I'm gonna go way above and beyond. Nobody's telling me to do it. Whatever that is. What what was creating that for you when you were when you were kind of starting out
1: doing this stuff? It's interesting. A lot of a lot of people I hear will say, "Oh, you know, I had adversity when I was younger, and sure. I, I I had all these things happen to me, and I was not going to allow that to take me down." Yeah. The irony is, I had the opposite. Okay. I had everything. I had a, I grew up in a you know upper middle class home, loving parents. Everything was was there almost to the fact that it was it was too much. My mom did everything. I'm like, I want to dosh the dishes. No, 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 no. no. I'm gonna. You can't do it the right way. I want. I want to do <laughs> my own. No, no, no. You can't do it the right. Way. I'm like, how, how? do you know I haven't done it? Yeah. Well, I had this overwhelming desire for independence, and wow. that independence was was such a a push that everything kind of kicked in, and I was like, you know what? I wanna. I wanna do everything, but I want to do it on my own, and I want to see if I can. And that was my main driver at the beginning. And then when I got married and I had kids, I was a, I had a toxic, toxic marriage for a while and it was anything I did was wrong. Hmm. And because of that, everything, I kept pushing myself harder and harder and harder. I'm like, because I never got that approval. I never got anything that said, you know, you're on the right path. You're doing great. No, it was like you're shit you're useless in your shit, even though you're providing everything for us, but you're still useless and shit. But mm. so it was, mm. it was partially my own drive to, to, to be independent. And then it was like, I'm trying to always prove myself to somebody that never will let me be proved. And when I finally laughed, it was, all right, well, now I got to provide for my kid. I got to provide for, for myself. I have to create a dynamic where not only am I, I successful and, and, and the person that's taken care of, because I'm, it's in the, it's in the nature. I take care of people. It's in the profession. It's in how I, I deal with people, my friends. Sure. I'm the one they go to if somebody needs something because they know I'm going to be there for them, but I didn't take care of me a whole lot. And that was where that value needed to change somehow. And it took, it didn't, it, that didn't happen until almost a year ago where I really kicked in and said, Hey, you know what? I need to be the priority more than anything else. So I can help all these other people because I'm rotting. So it was, it's it's a roundabout way to say what the driver was, but that just, and I loved the chase. Yeah. It was weird. It's like, I don't know if you experienced this too. It's like you go through a deal or and you're, you're putting all this effort into it. And when it closes, you're like, yes, that was a great win. All right, what's the next one? For sure. You almost sure. don't revel in it. You don't you don't get to enjoy it for more than a couple seconds that dopamine hit and then you're like, okay, what's the next one now?
0: Yeah yeah, hundred percent and it's really interesting and I, and I I like the way you frame this about in in the first kind of chapter it, it wasn't adversity it' was independence and that resonates with me because when I think about it, I can look back and point to adversity or wherever but bottom line it's freedom like mm-hmm. hey, hey man, I want complete freedom to the extent that I can get it and the ability to, and I guess creation too, right? I want to create this thing exactly as I'm envisioning it, um, and then of course enlist people along the way to to help you build that. But it it is freedom, you know, is as kind of the the driving force, and that's why I love you know doing this podcast and talking to entrepreneurs because finding out what makes you tick. And so hearing that, hey, it wasn't kind of adversity in the first chapter, but it was it was the chasing the freedom, and then maybe some adversity later that that changed some things. I, I really. Um, Appreciate what you said about the the pivot recently and the need to kind of take care of of yourself. You know, I think there's that uh, the analogy with the plane and the oxygen, and you know, don't put mm-hmm. it on the kid first. And mm-hmm. I, I did that for years. I was putting the oxygen on everybody else first, and, yep. and to the point of like really being detrimental. And so I've kind of gone through that in the the last couple of years too. It's like, hey, let's who's driving all this, right? Who's making all this happen? Let's take care of that person. And it, it was almost like an ego thing to really get around that and, and not yeah. feel guilty about that. Oh yeah.
1: No, it's, it's terribly guilty. It's, it's how empty can your cup get? Yeah. And when it's so bottomless, you're like, <laughs> okay, I, I got a drop left. I got a little bit more, but yeah. it doesn't really function that way. Yeah, but one, one thing I was thinking about is before I started all the USC stuff, I was, I, I was just starting college and I was, uh, I got a job as a waiter and it was this big Jewish deli and and I'm sitting there, I'm working nights and working my ass off to make 80 bucks a day. Yeah. And listening to my waitress manager who had three teeth and, and and living in her car, tell me you're never going to become anything because you don't, didn't figure out this, this computer system. I think Uh at that point is when I said, I will never work for anyone ever again. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a, that was a main driver. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm -mm." I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do it myself because I can't stand if This is who has to tell me what, how my life should go it's a really bad idea
0: yeah i love it yeah that's uh that's such hard work waiting tables bartending and stuff like that I mean, <laughs> um i remember going to a, i I did that all through you know school and everything and i remember mm. several years later going in, to a bar and watching you know some 21 year old bartender going like holy smokes that looks exhausting <laughs> running around so for terrible. you know 12 hour <laughs> shifts running around soaking wet um you know just trying to make a buck yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly I've had those experiences too. And I think a lot of us can point to those employment experiences that are that are negative enough to kind of to kind of push us in the right direction. So yeah. I appreciate you kind of sharing some of that. So love hearing the business building um saga. Let's kind of fast forward to today. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about pivoting every two years and and changing with the market. What is the what does a business look like today in terms of you know, the product offering? How big's the
1: team? All that good stuff. The team's about 10 right now. Uh, so we shrunk what we, the, the whole market in our industry has been going lower price, higher volume. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how much can you work somebody for nothing and yeah. make nothing? Yep. And it was a race to the bottom. Every time they lowered their price, we raised ours. No, it was, we were going the complete opposite uh, direction saying, all right, what's, what's the the highest value we can offer Mm -hmm. and results based opposed to, well, we're doing the exact same, every same thing, everybody else does, and we'll just do it for even cheaper, which is the main model. Race to the bottom. Exactly. So what we did is instead of us having to see so many people, because we're making as much, if not more now with a smaller team, seeing less people, because we had all those corporate accounts and stuff, even then you'd bring in a lot of money, but the margins were so low because your overhead was so damn high. Yeah, Because every time you add more people and more, we had vans going out to different areas. and It's like, it's just a lot of of overhead. So right now we're trying to keep the overhead as low as possible, spending a lot more on on marketing aspects of it, but a lot more on the training education. And I think the pivot in the next two years is is either it's got two different directions and and we haven't quite figured out which one it's going to go yet but it's either opening multiple locations uh, to to kind of feed a, a gap. So it would be almost like an urgent care for musculoskeletal issues. It's like, we've got massage, you got PT, you got chiro, you got the orthopedic stuff. But when your back goes out and you go to the ER, they do the same protocol on everybody. They give you um, a muscle relaxer, an anti-inflammatory, and a narcotic and say, good luck. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's wrong. That's the protocol. Yep. So I want to, create a dynamic that says, Hey, you know what, this is happening. Oh, I'm going to go to meditate or I'm going to go just do somebody who's doing our myoline technique. Those guys can get us out of pain within a half hour, or at least bring it down from a 10 to a five. So I, those, those other measures will work better and give us a way out of that and a path to kind of keep that because there's so much symptom treating and in, in medicine, everything's sure. very myopic everything's like you go to the shoulder guy for the shoulder the heart guy for the heart You go for the elbow it's like you go to a cardiologist with a foot problem he's gonna say that's your heart you know so (laughs) i want to create a a thing where you you you're looked at as a person and that person is taken into account of what's your emotional state what's your physical state what's your environmental factors that are playing into it and this is why this happened opposed to oh your elbow hurts we're going to treat your elbow well, your elbow hurts because you stubbed your toe six months ago and you started walking funny and then your hips went off one way and your neck went the other way and then your shoulders went this way. Now your elbow hurts. But that's that path. But nobody's looking at that path. But we look at that path, fix the thing from the bottom up, and then the elbow pain never comes back. Right, Solving it at the root or, or oh. attempting to. I love it. Yeah. And then the the other path would be just education. We want to I want to create a, a almost probably a licensing model where we're going to other clinics around the, the country and saying, hey, you know what? Your average income is 100 to 150k. You're working your ass off. You're you're doing the same thing everybody does. You have no niche. You have nothing that specializes what you do. We'll teach you this methodology. We'll teach you the business. We'll teach you how to talk to to customers and build that rapport and build the 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 dynamic that wants them to not only just come back but tell other people because they have such an amazing experience yep. and that differentiate that differential part to the business that you can help grow but we'll do that as a as a, a side biz to say all right we're gonna create this message but we don't have to physically run it we'll show you how to do it here's the tools here's the support but you go do it
0: yeah and that model would be scalable
1: I mean nationally right I mean how exactly. many
0: how many companies are there in any given city that you could that
1: you could? There's about two hundred and fifty thousand in the U.S. Yeah, so that keep you so, busy for a while. Just a minute on that on that model. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little
0: bit about social media. We were talking in the green room before, mm-hmm. and and you you've kind of rolled out um, some of the video stuff you're doing and and social media stuff. Can you talk talk a little bit about that? I'm always curious to hear how small business owners are using these using these platforms? Uh,
1: we're, we're doing a lot of Instagram right now. Uh, we haven't ventured into the other ones as much, but the the thing I found is I used to be, I used to do theater in high school. So I was I was an actor, I was a performer. I I, I got a high off of that. I, I thought about becoming an actor at one point and I realized I really liked eating, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but got in front of the camera the first couple of times, it was miserable. I was terrible at it. I'd I'd have like 700 takes, couldn't get the feel of it. Then something clicked. And now what I I, I see a lot on on the the social side is either people just doing the thing or looking for a crack or or, they're they're trying to find just one little thing to catch you, or it's so damn boring, you want to fall asleep. What I did is I wanted something that was informative, solving a problem and entertaining. Love. And every single one of my videos starts with a problem. You're like, what? does your back hurt? Uh, can't you move, you, you can't lift your hand. You, that that little formula for social media seems to work the best because you need some sort of hook. Why am I going to watch this? If I'm just saying, hi, my name's Holden, I want to show everybody how to, <laughs> nobody cares. So, so what we did is I started doing those videos but it was a very cognitive formula. And that formula over time has gotten really easy to the point that I I have a concept or an idea, we turn the camera on, I do it in 30 seconds, and we're done. And it's just boom, 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 boom. I, I have different characters. I have different voices I use, I do do, you know, different, different type of, of costumes and stuff sometimes, but each one, even though it's funny, I get feedback saying, Oh my God, I tried that and it worked. I've had the same problem for months. Oh yeah. It worked watching your thing. And they're laughing, but they're like, I've got to do this. Can you try this on me too? So that, that, that kind of uh, interest level has just peaked and it's just fed me because it gives me that, that kind of creative side that I don't get, and the other stuff. So sure. I get to be a performer, I get to have fun, but also we're building brand, and uh, it's 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 helping us pivot to the other stuff because we, we're known as that that guy now, and the company has some 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 push to it because it's like yeah, they're funny, but actually they know what they're doing too, and it's been growing. So it's that's kind of so
0: fun. cool. It's like you know the means of production have been collapsed down to to where you're publishing. I don't know. You might publish the same day, right? From idea to execution mm-hmm. to it's in my feed and I'm reaching out to your company in like the same day. It's it's mind boggling.
1: Um, I used to have to hire a videographer yeah. and we'd edit it for two weeks and then all this crap. My assistant pulls out her phone. We have a light and a mic. Go to town and I can technically post it within a half hour if I want if we don't want to do too much yeah. editing, which yeah. those actually do better than the highly edited ones. Isn't that bizarre too?
0: Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, uh, that, that works too, which is just the, the coolest thing. If you can yeah. find, I, obviously there's a lot to it. You mentioned having the hook, solving a problem, being entertaining. There's a whole lot that goes into that. But as far as the publishing aspect of it, like it's, it's right there.
1: Oh, it's ridiculous. And and what the algorithms pick up make no sense to me. Right. I and mean, you will never yeah. know. We, we had one video I, I was helping stretch a, a leg and we got 3.4 million views on it. Okay. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, why this one? <laughs> I'm like, okay, the, the, the other person's good looking. Great. Well, maybe that's it. I have no idea. It's the same yeah. thing. But if, if it's just me, they don't do as well. If there's a <laughs> female in it, they do a hell of a lot. They better. do better. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's okay. just, Go figure. Oh, that's too funny, man.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and I think you mentioned it, but that sort of reach is going to help that other section, that other portion of the business where you're helping businesses kind of get um, structured and,
1: and all that good stuff. Right. Yes. Social just builds validity. I'm right. it, It's sad that it does. Right. But it builds some, some sort of validity and saying, okay, well, if he has this many followers, he must know what he's doing. Sure. Which in reality is not, the, the gauge you should go off of right right of what they actually
0: do but the, the brain's cool. always looking for shortcuts right and and so that's that's one shortcut and you didn't make the rules you know you didn't no. that's just how people are wired so um well I want to ask you a little bit about you know being in business for a while what are some things now? in terms of your approach to being an owner that have evolved over time? So you got, you know, a more mature approach. You've been through the fire on some stuff that maybe you would tell your younger self when you were starting out, any, any kind of big things there
1: that, that are on your mind? So it's been almost 30 years I've had the business. So it's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a nice chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have new entrepreneurs come to me, especially that are in more of the service basis. Right. Um, and I always tell them, I'm like, if it's possible, never do never be the point of contact never be the one who has to do everything because what i did is i built a brand around me so it was also handcuffs i i built myself a job i built myself a really really intense job so what i've been doing the last couple of years is how do i step away from that job delegate more take away that that I guess it was uh myth when they were talking about like, are you, a, are, you a, are you a technician? Are you a manager? Are you an entrepreneur? And I was a technician for a really long time right. thinking I'm growing this big business, but if I step away, it disappears. So what I did is I've, I've been creating more protocols instead of saying, oh, I'm going to try to create all these mini-me's. It doesn't happen, but I can create simple to follow kind of programs that if X, then Y And it's literally written out so they can, they can reference it. And you have some, some, some commonality. You have some um, scalability because you made it simple enough that you could teach somebody to do that and they could replicate it. Uh, Also stepping away. If I I started taking days off, I never did that. I'd work six, seven days a week. Sometimes now I'm taking, you know, I take Tuesdays off. I take Saturdays off. I, I do time that I can actually get something done because when you're in the, the the trenches all the time your creativity goes to shit you yep. have nothing left yep i've done my best thinking when i leave when i go on vacation i i got married a couple of years ago and we went on this long month long tra- uh, vacation through greece and italy and outstanding it, it was so nice yeah but i never felt so inspired in my life because i didn't have to be in the trenches for a little while right. and your brain can open up to say all right I need, you can't see anything because everything's this close. Right. So it allowed me to see a bigger vision of how how I could be. And by doing that, that's when things grow. So if, if the best advice I could do for entrepreneurs that are really, really in the trenches, take time off, mm-hmm. sit in the quiet, don't look at your phone, go in the trees, go, <laughs> go, go sit on the beach somewhere with a pad of paper and just let yourself enjoy the quiet a little bit because that's when the big stuff is gonna happen. But then also realize not everything has to be perfect. Mm. It doesn't have to be only the way you do it. A lot of entrepreneurs are so focused on it has to be just this way. And what they do is they're they're worried that if it's not that good, then nobody will come. But the reality is if people never saw me and they only saw my staff, they'd love their staff and they love my staff. Yep. If they saw me, yeah, then they're going to want to come to me. So what I started doing is I don't take new patients. I don't take new patients that aren't directly referred to me. So what we've done is we built them a clientele on their specialties and their, their zones of genius, independent of me. If they need me to come in and say, hey, this is probably the best way to do it or, or be a guide, I'm a guide, but I'm not their point of contact anymore. And that's allowed us to grow exponentially because I don't have to be there as much because now they have a clientele base. Um. yeah and just just nurturing yourself take care of you because when that that cup is 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 empty like we were talking before you got you got nothing to give anybody
0: right yeah it's almost selfish in that in that regard if you're giving every last drop that's you're actually hurting the company you're hurting potential for your employees customers the whole thing i i really like these points because none of them have to do with your specific business right these are points that any entrepreneur can take or business owner and and start to apply those things and sometimes i mean i'm sure you've gone through it you hear something a hundred times and somebody says it a certain way the hundred and first time you go i i get it now and so i think a lot of it is just being exposed to these concepts over and over and over again and kind of immersing yourself in in hearing this stuff through podcasts or through peer groups or meeting with like-minded people, but just the repetition on these kind of good ideas. So I appreciate you sharing that. And those are ideas that that I'm taking notes on and that are applicable to to any of us that are that are uh, entrepreneurs running companies here. I think um,
1: I think a lot of stuff that happens is is always based on timing. It's like you can hear something, like you said, a 100,000 times. If you're not ready to act on it, you yeah. won't be able to. But when yeah. that time comes, you're like, I mean, I've done stuff in the last year or so that I'm like, I've known all this. Why, ha- why didn't I do this 25 years ago? Right. Because something in my mind or my life was not ready to deal with it. And now you're like, okay now it's clear. Now I'm ready. And that's when that passed. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the other thing. Don't, don't vilify yourself for not yeah. doing it 25 years ago. It's sure this was the right time with the right people and the right situation. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're doing the best we can with what we have and know right now. And that's, that's what you do. Exactly. That's what you do. Well, Holden, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing your story here. There's a, there's a lot of wisdom in it and I appreciate you sharing the ups and downs. We want to link to, the show notes here to, you know, website or social or wherever we can point people to kind of get in touch with you and and that kind of
1: stuff, where should we send them? So the company name is Metatouch, M-E-T-A-T-O-U-C-H. That's, that's the main company that we do all the rehab and stuff from. We're based in the West LA area. Um, Myo, a line, M-Y-O-L-I-N-E is, uh, is the technique. So during the pandemic, I was worried that they were going to close us down and I didn't know how we're- we were going to make any money. So I rented a house on a video crew and we filmed every single technique I ever created in the last 30 years and put it as a course. And it's that course is not only just the, the techniques, but it's it's understanding how to use them when with different disorders and different problems. And then there's also the business aspect in it. How do you generate clientele? How do you um, create a dynamic of rapport? And how do you, you figure out... What does that person name? What's that heaven and hell that person's going through? Mm -hmm. If you can highlight that they're, you know, this is their pain points, and you can verbalize it to them, and what is that costing them? And if you can offer them a solution to get out of that, your service or 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 product or whatever it is now becomes priceless Mm -hmm. because you've described their problem better than they can, and you've given them a solution to it. that, That that program's got a little bit of that all all in it, and that's that's where I'm at. I love it.
0: Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can scroll through and and click through. We'll leave the the links there. Um, Holden, this has been great, man. A lot of wisdom here. Appreciate you sharing your story. Congratulations on your success and wish you continued success, man.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. All right. We'll catch up soon. Appreciate it. Take care.